0: today in this brief khatara I want to address a very important issue that many times our kids are dealing with. Even myself, when I was a kid, actually growing up, I had to deal with it, my, the, deal with this myself. At that time, of course, no one actually came, taught me, educated me. But this is something that as adults we face and our kids are going to face this as well. First of all, is that in Surah Yasin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a story a story about a group of two people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, al-mursalun." Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us a story about a, a, a group of people or a city, I would say, أَهْلَ الْقَرْيَةِ إِذْ al-mursalun." Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to warn the people of the city two prophets. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the people of the city they rejected their message, so in order to provide them strength and stability, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent a third prophet to give them strength. These three people they went they called people to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and there was one person in particular who was a a, a carpenter. He actually did become a Muslim on their hands and is mentioned in Surah Yasin that when these people came across the people of the city, these people, since it was a new concept to them, it was a new message for them, they actually felt threatened by this message of Islam, and they began to send threats to these three prophets. These are This is a story that's mentioned, um, these were mentioned of Bani Israel. These are three prophets from Bani Israel. So nonetheless, it is mentioned that once they were threatened, this man, رجلٌ مِّنْ أقصى الْمَدِينَةِ يَسْعَى from the corner of the city, means that he used to so live in one corner of the city. He came running in, providing support to these three prophets, and he's telling his people. He says, uh, um, "That all oh, 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 people follow these people. What they're telling you, whatever they're telling you, it is the absolute haqq. And then it is mentioned that they actually attacked him. They killed him, and not only that, but as a result of him standing up for Islam, him standing up for the prophets, he was entered into Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qil ya layta As he was dying. He was being told that he was given the glad tidings of Jannah. And at that time he said that I wish my people would know exactly my situation. If they knew that I am going to Jannah, perhaps they would become Muslim. So what do we learn from this story? There's two important lessons to be learned from this story. Number one is that this man, according to some books of tafsir, his name was Habib bin Najjar. The the name is irrelevant at this point. But nonetheless, this man, although he was all by himself in the entire city, no one else believed in Islam, but he was the only one who believed in Islam. The scholars, they say that what we learn from this story is that even if everyone is going against the truth, and you're the only one who who knows the truth, that you need to stand by the truth. That's number one. And number two, the most important thing to be learned from this story is the majority does not signify the truth, okay? Often we hear that most people are doing it, so it must be right, right? We hear this often. Since most people are doing something the right way, or doing something a certain way, it has to be the right way. Now... I've come across people and have this, I've had this discussion before, and sometimes, you know, people can become very stubborn in a conversation. You're having a very casual conversation, you're having a very, you know, educated conversation, and then they become stubborn. And then they will say, so are you telling me that everything, what everyone is doing, if it is the majority, it is wrong? And I will tell them, no, of course, that's not the case. Because once again, brothers and sisters, I'm not saying that everything that is done in the a, in a state of majority is wrong. If everyone is driving one way on the street, that's the law of the city, that's the law of the state, that's the law of the country. I'm not going to go against that. Even though majority is doing it. That is the right way in that city. I'm not saying that it is technically there is something about this from a religious point of view. But since the city has decided, the the country has decided that we would drive in a particular way, you have to follow the laws. So if everyone is doing it the same way, that's fine. Whenever we have this discussion about majority, are majority doing it, majority are not doing it, this is strictly from a Qur'an and Sunnah perspective and a halal and haram perspective. If everyone is doing haram, does that, does, that does not make it right. Of course, we do learn from the Qur'an that never has been the situation the majority of the people are going to be doing the right thing. We often find in the Quran, nasi la yaqilun. Most people don't understand. ولكن أكثر الناس لا يشكرون. they don't most people are, not, are unthankful to Allah subhanahu wa taala. ولكن أكثر الناس لا يؤمنون. most people don't have iman um, there are so many ayahs of the Quran. ولكن أكثر الناس the majority of the people are unthankful. they're ungrateful. they are they don't they don't thank Allah subhanahu wa taala. they don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa taala. they don't believe in the akhirah they don't believe in the Rasulullah sallallahu majority of the people are like this. so this rule in this concept that since majority are doing it it must be the right way it does not exist in our deen it does not exist in our deen because what we look at is the haq in the batil. What we, look as, what, what we look at is the truth and the falsehood. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared something that is right, we will always stand by that side, even if we are the only one alone. Just like this carpenter, Habib al-Najjar, he was standing by these three prophets, although he was the only one against the entire city. He's living in that city. He can be boycotted by that city. He can be put aside by that entire city but he realizes that he needs to stand with the haqq and that is why we also find in the quran where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and he's telling us something very amazing and very profound he says wa in if you follow أكثر, if you follow the majority fil an sabilillah if you follow the majority when it comes to your deen you will go astray Meaning that if you look at the society in every single era, there are going to be some kind of fitnas. And we say that since that is the fitna, and majority of the people are going to be following that fitna, I need to follow it. You know how many kids, as I said earlier, I dealt with this when I was a kid. Because I, you know, when I was growing up, there were no Islamic schools. There was not a single Islamic school in the entire country perhaps, when I was growing up. Now there are so many Islamic schools that yet... Many of our kids are still going to public schools. Now, when our kids are going to public schools and they see fahisha, they see immorality, they see wrong things being taught, they see wrong things being spread. Often, they don't have the the strength and the willpower to say, this is what I believe in. Majority of them, they don't have this strength. And we as parents, we have to teach our children that no matter what, if this is what you believe in and this is what your deen has said, you stand by it even if you are the only one on this side. Because that is what the society wants. Society wants everyone to be on their side no matter if it's right or wrong. So that's why we have to teach our children that number one, even if you're the only one on this side, on the side of the haqq, and on the side of the truth, then you stand always on the side of the truth no matter what the situation is. But at the same time, we have to always teach our kids that just because most of the people are doing it, it never means that it is the right way. This is why, think about this hadith of Prophet when he says a very beautiful hadith. He says, Bada al-Islamu ghariban. Islam started off as strange. And there's gonna come a time again when Islam is gonna become strange. What does that mean? Does it mean that Islam will not spread and it will not flourish on earth? Of course Islam will spread and flourish on earth. There will be so many millions of Muslims on earth, but there will be only a handful of people who call themselves Muslims who are living by the standard of Islam? This is why Rasulullah when he says, "Bada al-Islamu Islam started off as strange. When Rasulullah began to call people to Islam, it was a strange concept. The Quraysh they actually felt threatened. They felt that their economy would fail if they became Muslims. Their social status would fail if they became Muslims. They actually felt that they would, they would fail and their tribes would face defeat because there was always tribal uh, competition, so we would become defeated. Our tribe would become inferior to the tribe of Rasulullah sallallahu if we became Muslims. So that is why they made Islam a strange concept. If you were a Muslim, you would look at people would look at you in the wrong way. Just like what happened when we saw after 9-11. How many people they want? They do not want to be known as Muslims after that. So many of our Muslim women took off their hijab. So many Muslim men did not want to be identified with a Muslim name. Their name Muhammad became Mo and Khalid became Kelly and so forth. These are things that we saw. So Islam is starting to become now strange. And now, so that was a time when Islamophobia was on the rise. And now Islam is starting to become strange. People look at you, people look at you in a a wrong way, in a strange way. But now we are now facing a different kind of fitna. Where now there are new ideologies that are always being produced. And And this liberal society is always producing new concepts that is destroying the fabric of our society. That is destroying our deen. And that is why now, there's going to be some people who are going to say, Nope, we're not going to take these ideologies, we're not, going to, we're, not going to, um, we're not going to confirm to them, and we're going to stick to our own deen. And now we are seeing a time that while there are so many Muslims who have changed their deen, there are so many Muslims who actually believe that deen needs to be changed in order for us to be to fit into society and so forth. There are many Muslims right now who are taking a step back and they're saying, nah we're not going to compromise in our deen at all. And now these Muslims who want to stick to the Qur'an, who want to stick to the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, now they're seen in a strange way, not even by non-Muslims, but by the Muslims themselves. Now the Muslims are looking at them and saying, what kind of a Muslim are you? You are the ones who are holding us back. You're the ones who are stopping us from progressing and moving forward. And that is why Think about this, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, بَدَأَ الْإِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا SubhanAllah, the Prophet said this 1400 years ago, and we see the same thing happening right now. وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا Now you might, be, you might feel that I'm the only one who is sticking to the Qur'an and Sunnah, but for you there is a glad tiding also. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, فَطُوبَا لِلْغُرَبَاءِ the glad tidings are for those strangers. Those who are viewed as strangers in the community, those who are viewed as strangers in the Muslim world, because they're not adopting these new ideologies, and they're not confirming to these new ideologies, then they are viewed as strangers. But remember Rasulullah is saying, that you have a place in Jannah. You there's glad tidings for you, inshallah, in the hereafter if you stick to this. So this is why it is so important, brothers and sisters, that we have to teach our children that number one, no matter what the society is, society will always change. This is why. Why this is why in the Quran, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, says, they will never ever be happy with you till you don't change their deen, till you don't change your deen. ملتهم, till you don't follow their millah, till you don't follow their way. And if you look at the ways of Christianity, Christianity has gone through so many changes, so many changes, that it's, you know, it's unbelievable how many changes they've, they've been through. Their Bible, most Christians don't even know what Bible is. Most Christians do not even know what the truth is anymore, because every single Bible is different. Judaism has has changed, and has, there are so many alterations and adjustments through Throughout the years and throughout the centuries and so forth, Islam is that one religion. That our Qur'an has been the same the way it was revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, recited by Jibreel alayhi salam to the Prophet sallallahu What they want is for us as Muslims that we move from our original teachings. And that is what makes us the gharib. So that is why we teach our children that first of all is no matter what the situation is, you always stand by the truth even wherever you are, even if you're at work, you know how many Muslims I've heard that when their entire work, all their co-workers go for drinking, they can't feel they, they they just do not have the they don't have the the or the strength to say I will not go. They feel like that in order for us to get along with everyone in the office, I need to go for drinking. Yes, I may not drink, I'll probably stand on the side and I will not. But if I don't go, I'll be left out, I will not be involved in some of the major projects and so forth. If that is what your job is, then you need to change jobs. Or you need to talk to your co-workers and so forth. Because if they don't have enough respect for you and your religion, then where are you doing there? So that is why we have to always stand up for the truth. And number two is, the rule is, the majority is not the deciding factor. The majority has never been the factor of determining what is right and what is wrong. The majority will always, as Allah tells us, the majority will always be on the wrong side. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us on the right side. Always make us amongst those who are the minority and keep us on the right on the side of the haqq. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us and our children. Amir Alamin. khair. Assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. والخاشعين والخاشِعَاتِ والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله ones who are الله لهم. مغفرة وأجرا عظيما